Hello, Olympia. <laughs> it is such an honor to be here with you today as we worship together, and I so look forward to this week where we will get to know each other better. These last months have been a time of discernment for congregations and ministers in Unitarian Universalist circles. Ministers are seeking congregations to serve, and congregations are seeking ministers to serve them. This is a process that you began last spring when you selected your ministerial search team. It is that team that I have come to know over these past months. I believe they have served you well, asking important questions and listening very carefully. I also know that they have done quite a bit of traveling, and I can't even imagine how many meetings. I want to thank them for their care in representing you and for their care in welcoming me. Would you please join me in thanking Alice, Jack, Ryan, Tiffany, Jane, and James. Would you stand? So discernment is a biblical word. In Christianity, it's used to describe the process of determining God's will for our lives, or perhaps for a specific circumstance or situation. In the Bible, it's also used to describe determining the true nature of something, whether a thing is good or evil or perhaps transcends those dualities. In liberal religious traditions, discernment has come to mean drawing on our spiritual grounding to help us respond well to important and challenging decisions. We draw on our grounding in Unitarian Universalist principles. We also draw on our many sources for practices of discernment, practices such as silence, deep listening, and honest inquiry. Each of these practices calls on the creativity and conscience of the participants, whether it is an individual or an entire congregation. For me, these past months have been filled with discernment, reading, reflecting, asking, listening, deciding where to say yes and where to say no. I imagine it's been much the same for your ministerial search team. As I prepared for and have participated in this search process, I've reflected on my journey to ministry, which has also been a process of discernment, deciding when to say yes and when to say no. Like the word discernment, the language of theology has a phrase for saying no, not this. It is called an apophatic act. Mm -hmm. Apophatic act. <laughs> the practice is to take a religious idea, like, oh, say, the idea of God, and say, no, not this. The rejection of an idea leaves space for the creative act of what might be possible in the absence of that idea. Theologian Rebecca Parker calls this the sanctuary of openness, 
where we can listen for the yes behind the no. In Hinduism, this is known as neti neti, meaning not this, not this. It is an act of inquiry that lets one explore the nature of Brahman or God by seeing what Brahman is not. The great theologian Houston Smith said of Hinduism, if you travel the length and breadth of the universe, saying of everything you can see and conceive of, not this, what remains is God. The history of religion is filled with apophatic acts. One of the most famous, at least in Protestant circles, is the act of a Catholic monk, Martin Luther, in 1517. He wrote to his bishop, protesting clerical abuses like nepotism and usury, which is immoral loans made to benefit the clergy, and the sale of indulgences. He had many complaints about the church, not five or 10 or 20, he listed 95. <laughs> he came to question many of the practices of the Catholic Church, and legend has it that he nailed his 95 theses to the door of All Saints Church in Wittenberg, Germany. This apophatic act sparked the Protestant Reformation of the Church, resulting in Lutheranism and many of the Protestant religions that we know today. It is also a part of our heritage. It also led to Martin Luther's excommunication from the Catholic Church. While the legend of nailing the theses to the church door has been disproved, the rest, as they say, is history. Apophatic acts are not only ancient history, there are plenty in our time as well. Progressive theology of the past 60 years has been about saying no to an ancient view of God. Women and people of color question the image of God as an old bearded guy in the sky. The violence of the 20th century led many to question how there could be an ever-present and loving God in the face of such suffering as we saw in the Holocaust. Where was God then? The theologians who have said, no, not this, to that God, have shaken the very foundation of religious thought and opened the door to different, creative, and inclusive experiences of the divine. The consequences of apophatic acts for individuals can be dire, persecution, excommunication, death. Apophatic acts can also be incredibly freeing. When you say, no, not this, you create space for something new. In Buddhism, this is expressed beautifully in the Heart Sutra, the teaching of the Buddha, which says, no, repeatedly. No form, no sensation, no ear, eye, nose, no color, sound, smell, no ignorance, no suffering. This chant embodies the belief that when we remove all attachments, including attachment to the teachings of the Buddha, we can see through the illusions and find our way to nirvana. 
The Heart Sutra is the condensation of all Buddhist teaching onto one page. And according to my Buddhist teacher, if we were to condense that sutra down to one word, the word would be no. Unitarian Universalists are often criticized for defining ourselves in the negative. We are quick to say what we don't believe, but we sometimes have a harder time saying what we do believe. Even our two religious traditions were born out of saying no. The Unitarians came into being in reaction to the Trinity. Those of our heritage believed in a God as one rather than three, and they were persecuted for this belief. Our universalist forebears believed in universal salvation, meaning that all people would eventually be reconciled with God. They said no to the doctrine that only some people are predestined for salvation. The universalists were also persecuted for their beliefs. Our traditions have a long history of courageous people saying no, not this. Our tradition of saying no is what has allowed us to be the open, creedless, and free faith tradition that we are today. By saying no, not this, we create space for each of us to walk our own path and for us to journey together in community. Apophatic acts can be great or small, revolutionary on a large scale or a small scale. In my story, my journey to ministry begins with an apophatic act. In January of 2007, my husband John and I were on the Amtrak train traveling from Chicago to Portland on our way to our new home in Salem, Oregon. I'd been hired to administer the policy and regulation of the long-term care facilities in Oregon. It was everything that I had worked for professionally a wonderful opportunity to apply my knowledge, education, and skills to a challenging position. I arrived on the job to find a system that had been in budget crisis for years, sound familiar? And was seriously underfunded. I found state employees who were tired and dispirited and a regulatory system that was weak and unsupported. Within days, I faced a large systemic crisis that could have been foreseen and that the system was unprepared to face. I worked hard to earn the trust of staff who took a while to believe that I meant what I said. And it continued like that for four years. One crisis after another, one budget cut after another. I kept trying, hopeful, believing, that things would calm down and get better. By August of 2010, I'd had enough. I was physically exhausted, emotionally raw, and my spirit was broken. I was done. With no fight left in me, I did what remained. I fled. During a leave of absence, I slept as I had not done for many years, actually through the night, and woke feeling rested. I walked, prepared good food, gardened, got some counseling, reconnected with friends. And I saw my best friend, Jean, through the end of her life, 
to a peaceful transition to death from cancer at the age of 59. I'd met Jean in 1990 at my very first Unitarian Universalist Church in Eastern Washington. We enjoyed 20 years of exploring spirituality and the world together. After Jean's death, I resigned from my job with the state of Oregon. I said, no, not this, my apophatic act. I said no to a job, a career, power, and identity, a place in the social order. I was petrified. I had no idea what to do. My husband, John, will tell you that I was a mess. I was teary and afraid of being homeless. At loose ends, up in the air, and not liking it one bit. I thought I was upset about the uncertainty of the future. In reality, what challenged me most was the uncertainty about who I was. I didn't know anymore how to answer the simple question, what do you do? I was raised to believe you choose a career to be of service and you work hard to do good and do well. My foundational beliefs were shaken and crumbled. Beliefs about who I am and why I am here. I was already homeless, not geographically, but emotionally and spiritually. I'd lost connection to the home of my soul. When I resigned, I decided to give myself six months to rest and recover. It was six months, then a year, then two years. I wasn't excommunicated from the church as Martin Luther had been, quite the opposite but I was excommunicated from the mainstream of middle-class society and from my family's traditions and values. In the fall of 2011, we began attending the Unitarian Universalist congregation in Salem regularly. Although we'd been UUs for many years, our attendance at church was irregular. With much encouragement from my husband, I applied for and was hired as the first music director in that church. The Salem congregation welcomed me, helped me learn, and gave me the opportunity to experience music ministry. This was the doorway to ministry, something I'd been dancing around for many years. In 2013, as my godmother was dying, she asked me to write her eulogy. And as I reflected on her amazing and unique life, I heard the call to ministry again a call that I'd heard 12 years before and promptly ignored. This time I found the courage to heed that call and step through the doorway. In January of 2014, almost three years to the day after my resignation from the state, I was attending the new student orientation at Star King School for the ministry. These past five years have been ones of transition growth, and preparation. I said no, and it has opened the way for some wholehearted yeses. In many ways, these past five years have been preparation for this week. Saying no, not this, is not an easy thing, and it may have dire consequences. I'm betting that many of you 
have experienced your own individual apophatic acts, saying no, not this, to jobs, relationships, locations, identities. These past five years have also been a time of transition for you as a congregation. Just like my journey, yours has been bumpy, filled with surprises, some joyful, some not, filled with goodbyes and grief, filled with reflection and hard work. You have been preparing for this week too. In the beautiful piece the choir sang earlier, E.E. Cummings reminds us that the daffodils know the goal of living is to grow. We grow when we take risks. We try, fail, learn, and try again. Whether we say no or yes, we take a risk. We risk being vulnerable, revealing our true colors. We risk failure. We risk success. Both no and yes are leaps of faith. Both require courage. As many wise ones have said, bravery is not about being fearless. Bravery is being afraid and doing it anyway. Sometimes we choose our no, and sometimes it is given to us. Sometimes we wander homeless, sleeping under the trees. When we enter the space created by our no with courage, humility, and gratitude, we invite the possibility of a yes. We open our eyes to see cherry blossoms filled with moonlight. We rediscover our soul, and we find our way home once again. May this indeed be so. I invite you now for just a moment of quiet reflection. Relax your body and soften your gaze. Bring your focus to the voice within you, the voice that discerns, the voice that says no, the voice that says yes. Let us listen in silence for a moment together. May we embrace the journey, even as we wander. May we know the power of no and yes, even as we question. May we find the courage to risk, even when we are afraid. May we know that love never loses us, even when we feel lost. May this be so. Blessed be. Amen. <laughs>